peaceful protest. We've all been raising awareness. Some of the injustice that we've been seeing is not okay. And as a young person, you gotta you gotta listen to our perspective. Our voices need to be heard. People are gonna look back. Our kids are gonna look back at this and say, "You were a part of that." I got a grandfather that marched next to Dr. King in the '60s, and he was amazing. He would be proud to see us all here. We gotta keep pushing forward. Sports are like the reward of a functional society. Sirius XM Sports presents Forward Progress, a weekly open conversation on race and sports in America. Here are your hosts, Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. The gang is back together. Jackson here, Morrison there. Uh, in a little bit, we'll talk with Pro Football Hall of Famer Rod Woodson, yeah. the birthday boy. <laughs> I'm going to try to keep yeah. you all from talking defense so we can, you know, Trust help me, him I raise know, some money. I already know what's going to happen, Jack. <laughs> yeah, we all start talking Listen, Sometimes the show outside the show is the show, right? Like yeah. that, that happens. Also, in a little bit, Megan McPeak is going to join us. Uh, a great play-by-play voice out of D.C. Works for the whole uh, monumental complex. Uh, it's the uh, the Capitals and Wizards have the umbrella, but it's the Go-Go's and the Mystics that she calls games for. She's headed home to Canada for the very first all-female broadcast of an NBA game coming up. We'll talk about all those things in just a little bit. I got a story, though, Kurt, a little too close to home. Yeah. Now we got to start there. As the NBA okay. and the Miami Heat are reviewing a clip circulating through social media um, earlier in the week that shows uh, Myers Leonard uttering an anti-Semitic slur during a live stream on his Twitch channel, which he does a great deal of, uh, connecting to fans, does a really nice job maintaining transparency in his life. But the Heat announced on Tuesday night that uh, Leonard would be away from the team indefinitely as they cooperate with the league's investigation into words used by Myers Leonard uh, that were wrong and, and, and hateful. And I've gotten to know Myers over the last a uh, couple years, mm-hmm. and um, he seems like I'll, I'll candidly tell you this story. When I first met him, I thought it was too much. I'm like, what? And, and I'm the one that usually is too much, right? I'm like, this ball of spirit and humanity, this seven foot monster coming into my studio to do one of our preseason segments and just dominating the room. And I'm like, come on now, mm-hmm. some of this is manufactured. Got to get to know him. It's all authentic. Uh, he, I, he speaks and sounds like people I know because he's from Illinois. That Midwestern uh, dynamic is it's 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 not mistakable. You know it when you hear it, and you know when you're around people that are trying to be something they're not, and you know when it's authentic. And Myers Leonard is authentic, and he was in the middle of a firestorm uh, yep. in the bubble, as you'll remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has. Uh, deep family ties that go beyond most of our understanding of our own family ties uh, connected to the military, uh, but worked through with his basketball brothers, understanding his support for his biological brother who serves us in this nation's military. That does not excuse the moment that we find ourselves in. Yeah. And when you find yourself in any, and in this case, anti-Semitic, but any hate speech scenario, particularly with the umbrella he works under, the NBA and the Miami Heat, you're going to have a price to pay. And I'm not sure that there's so many layers of what we're dealing with, players' contracts, who is in the right space of adjudication, where does the, his nickname is Hammer, so this is not a pun that's intended, but <laughs> when the Hammer of Justice comes down, how hard is it coming down 
has come harder from the team or the commissioner's office. All those things are a part of what triggers when these league investigations begin. But the baseline is this. Yeah. Uh, Myers is away from the team. He was already done for the season with a shoulder injury. But this is what we're talking about. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about opening your mind, understanding the world around you, yeah. um, having an awareness. People love to just brush awareness off as to something they have to go through. Oh my God, it's another session. It's another seminar. It's another, no, no, this is education because here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to believe Myers had no idea what came out of his mouth. He knew it was a negative connotation with no context, not an excuse. Price will be paid. And now the question becomes, what is it that you want to know and learn about yourself and the world around you? Yeah, Jax, this, this is different because, you know, Myers Leonard, and, and I'll go back to a conversation that me and you had on the same program with uh, Mark J. Spears, one of the senior writers for The Undefeated, who wrote a piece on Myers Leonard uh, down in the bubble about, you know, some of the things that, you know, he uh, was learning about his fellow teammates. Um, because here's a guy who stands for the national anthem when many of his teammates took a knee. All but so, Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously he took a stance on that and people, you know, criticized him, but, but because of his beliefs um, and he expressed what it was, his teammates were in agreement. People said, okay, we understand that. But then it, it takes for what you did then. And these comments now, even as loose as they were in a Twitch setting, I don't think he did it on purpose, but he came from a place of ignorance. And so now it kind of, it takes away from what he did in the bubble. It takes away from when he did, when he's standing up for the flag and things like that. Like, hey, but how could you stand for the flag? But yeah, this is also what you're doing. This is also what you said. Like it, it, you can't, it's not, not a two way street. So I think the hard part is that for me is he did this. And I think it comes from a place of ignorance, but yet he has to now educate himself. It's I'm a long gonna, road now. It's yeah, a yeah. long road. No, because it's, I, it's a journey. I saw with Deshaun Jackson too, right? Remember Deshaun Jackson, receiver mm -hmm. for the Philadelphia Eagles. He had went through it because he thought he was saying something and all of a sudden, you know, I'm getting certain kind of, I remember LeBron even just reciting music lyrics mm -hmm. <laughs> got criticized. And it wasn't his actual word, but he recited words from a music lyric. We just got to be, got to understand the times that we're in understand the people who we are around and that our words were to us is just, oh, they're just words. I'm just singing or I'm just saying some stuff. They affect someone. They affect people, especially groups of people. And that's where Myers Leonard, he dropped the, he dropped the ball on this one. He dropped the ball on this one. He noted in a statement on Tuesday afternoon that he's deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during the live stream, noting that he didn't know what the word meant at the time, acknowledged his ignorance and the history that he's now beginning to learn, uh, Julian Edelman uh, sent him an open letter uh, that I thought was like the perfect tone. Like this is this is where I think we all get really quick to grab our hatchet. Right. Uh huh. Right. Yeah. But but Julian taught us a little something about understanding. It requires something of us when you want to be understood. If Myers pushes back and doesn't want the information or the opportunity to learn and grow, then mm -hmm. the hell with him. Right. But I know better than that. And so I know he'll embrace an opportunity from someone within the faith to help you understand a word that just doesn't come out of people's mouth. So that's the thing. Like, it's there's no desensitization here. Right. 
Correct. There's, there's no mitigation here. It's a lack of information. And so always, always open yourself to the opportunities available to you at every turn to learn. Man, it's a cancel culture society we in now. I mean, not even Dr. Seuss is, 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 is can be can be touched. It can be untouched, right? Come on, that's Everybody. a self-review. That's a self-review. Right. I'm just saying, man, Dr. Seuss, yeah. he can Come get on. it anytime. I'm just letting you know. We're all man. there. We're it all don't matter. What you do now, what's happened before, it does not matter. Everything, like you mentioned, is always under review. This, this is just the world we live in, Jax. We will keep an eye on that story. Um, it, it is still forming, again, Myers Leonard away from the Miami Heat indefinitely. The NBA in full investigation of that situation. Leonard uh, has not played a game since January 9th, currently recovering from shoulder surgery. We'll take a quick break when we come back. Oh, I can't wait. What a great idea from the folks north of the border. TSN, not too far away. We'll give you all the details of the information. An international uh, Women's Day slash month celebration on their telecast for the very first time in the National Basketball Association and all women's broadcast crew. The lead voice is Megan McPeak. She'll be with us here on Forward Progress in a moment. You're listening to Forward Progress on Sirius XM Radio. And right to the guest line we go. We waste a little time talking about a fantastic endeavor on International Women's Day, specifically March 24th, as we celebrate women all month of, of March. But here on Forward Progress, anytime we have Med- Megan McPeak on the program, it's a celebration. Megan, oh, welcome back to the program. How are you doing? Listen, my guy down in Miami. <laughs> come on, trying, trying, to, yeah. trying to keep it together for change. Uh, listen, we're fine. Don't worry about us. We're, we're, we're so excited for what TSN has decided to do for this Raptors telecast. And as a, uh, as a native who's, who's come down to the lower 48 you know, <laughs> to, to bless the pipes of those in the Monument Sports Organization and beyond, uh, this has to be a wonderful beck and home to be a part of uh, this feature, uh, this, this homage, this, this tip of the cap, this arms wrapped around from sea to shining sea of all of an all female broadcast crew for the Toronto rap. Yeah, it's uh it's kind of crazy to think that this is what it's, you know, this is what it's come to and you know, at the end of the day, grateful for what TSN and, and MLSE and the Raptors are doing, but at the same time I'm even more grateful to, you know, Monumental Sports for affording me the opportunity because, you know, I've said this to a few people and they could have easily just said no and left it there, but they that would have been uh, silly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you know, it, it is what it is, but they, they decided to say yes and show that they are also champions of women in sports and women in sports media. So um, it's, it's a moment that I'm taking, taking true, you know, honor for and, and grateful for, because I'm not just representing, you know, my family and, and women, I'm also representing Monumental Sports um, in this endeavor, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it and uh, great to be among these, these four other fantastic and, and talented women. Um, and even better is the fact that the three of us who will be, you know, primary on the broadcast are all women of color. So something that I didn't grow up with seeing in sports media. 
Yeah, uh, I think the opportunity as well uh, it just kind of shows you how far that you've come as well. And you think about um, all the game that you've done, and you think about uh, just the grind. And for me, the one thing I was thinking about is that you've done different games from G League, NBA. Where was this now? This opportunity. Where does this rank for you now? Ooh, I mean, it's tough because I got to you know, call a historic season for the Washington Mystics on their way to their first franchise title. So that's pretty up there for me, um, watching Elena Deladon join the 50-40-90 club. Uh, but this is, this is probably top three, easily. You know, not many people can say that they get a call from, you know, their home country's team to return to do a broadcast of this magnitude um, and this, you know, uh, historic magnitude um, and to do it among friends. Cause that's right. the great thing about this is I'm doing it with four women who are also friends and colleagues. And with the exception of Kia, I've worked in some capacity with all of them, whether it be on a broadcast or on a panel. Um, and I've known Kia since she was a toddler growing up you know, playing with her older sister, Tamika. So in some capacity, I've, I have a relationship with all of them. So to now have this moment, um, it's definitely top three for me, for sure. That telecast coming up on March 24th, our guest, Megan McPeak, who regularly calls play-by-play uh, -play -play for the Washington Mystics, mm -hmm. uh, the Capital City Go-Go's for the G League's, uh, uh, the Wizards G League affiliate, uh, will be with uh, Nia Nurse and... Kyla Gray, as well as Kate, as Kate Burness and Amy Atterberg. So it is, I, I get two of those four, but two of those five names, and by the way, as a part of the, 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 the Jason Jackson connection of international broadcasting, love and respect. So I'm so happy uh, uh, for all, everyone involved, but particularly for, for Megan and Amy here. Uh, so running down your resume and just knowing how things have gone for you, uh, it's been a minute since you've been on that microphone. Yeah. So uh, with with uh, just just like my Sky Force in Miami, the uh, go go opted out of what went down in Orlando, and uh, congratulations to the G League getting to their championship game and beyond. Of course, in a very tumultuous scenario, uh, you're a native 905. Just missing it, by the way. Just missing it, getting it to the semifinal. But uh, how do you feel it in preparation for all this? You got to be chomping at the bit. I have been waiting to, <laughs> to get on a game for a while now. Like I look back and the last game I called uh, was in September, uh, the final regular season game for the Mystics, which was also, you know, one of the craziest games because it was a it, essentially for them. It, it was win and you're in. And to finish your regular season, to get into the playoffs in that type of scenario um, in a three team sort of, you know, tie for one game. And they, they had the opportunity to control their own destiny and they had one option win and you're in um, and they got it done. So to look back and think that that was the last game I called in September of 2020, um, you know, it's essentially I've been, you know, luckily enough in in quarantine and in the pandemic, we've had basketball. So I weirdly sit in my room and mute games and call them in my room with you know no i don't prep i don't put the effort into it the way i would if i'm calling the actual game because i just i just want to keep the, the the wheels greased i want to make sure that i've still got it and yeah. can 
you know, be ready when called upon. And I was called upon um, for March 24th. So for me, it'll, you know, the rest is, the rest is not there. I have no doubt that I can do this. This is what I was, you know, made to do. Um, I've just got to treat this like any other game. Cause at the end of the day, it really is any other game. Basketball is basketball, as you both know. Um, and for 48 minutes, it's, it's me, Kia, Kayla, Kate and Amy and, uh, and hoops and, you know, the nuggets and, and the Raptors. And funny enough, we have that, you know, other Canadian tie-in with Jamal Murray. So we're, we're circling the whole wagon there of making sure everyone's connected, but I am, uh, I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm ready to give back in the saddle. <laughs> you know, Megan, which kind of leads me into my next question. Uh, you mentioned Jamal Murray, but yourself and look, when we know of NBA or I would say, American basketball, USA, and then we have the Euro leagues and we have guys coming over, but describe Canadian basketball. You were bred in it. You played in it. What What is Canadian basketball? And now you talked about guys like Jamal Murray, uh, Wiggins, a lot more guys who have that background. What is Canadian basketball? Ooh, Canadian basketball. I mean, it's tenacious. It's, it's literally what you see from, from a Jamal, from a, Wiggins, a Shea Gildas Alexander, mm-hmm. a Nikhil Alexander Walker. That that's Canadian basketball. Mm. It, it is. It, let's be real. Like when I say basketball is basketball, right. it doesn't matter what country you're in. When you put five people on the floor on each side and you give them one round, one round ball, like the game doesn't change across the board. The rules might, but the right. game doesn't. Right. Um, so you know when you look at the Canadian basketball landscape, like when I was growing up. The biggest name we had was a Stacey Dales, a Denim Brown, a Steve Nash, a Rick Fox. Like those were the names. And then the more you started to see basketball on television in Canada, that's when the flower started to bloom even more. And now you're seeing a complete pipeline, not just with Canadians going to the NCAA on both the men's and women's side, but you're also seeing Canadian high schools trying to take control into their own hands to keep Canadian talent north of the border and not go to prep schools in the U.S. And you're starting to see that more and more. So I think when you look at the pipeline of, of the product that has come out of Canada, specifically Ontario, I'm going to rock with my province. Which <laughs> okay. All right. State of a state for the Americans listening. Um, uh-huh. I'm rocking with Ontario because we produce the best basketball in the country um, and the GTA And of course, my hometown of Hamilton produces the best basketball as well, too, because we have arguably one of the best women uh, to play the game in Kia Nurse. So I've got to rock with the hometown hero, right? (laughs) Way to wrap yourself with the flag. We appreciate Mm -hmm. it. Megan McPeak with us here on Follower Progress. This is Jason Jackson, uh, Kirk Morrison, as always. Uh, When when this was announced uh, by TSN, and you all were in the know well before, most of us. They came out with the motion picture stuff. I mean, they wasted nothing <laughs> rolling out this production and promotion. Walk us through how TSN uh, informed you and then how happy you've been with the resources they've used to make sure this international explosion and excellence has projected on this highest platform. So first, I got to give credit to my girl, Savannah Hamilton. She was the brainchild behind that video. So a woman producing the video to celebrate and make the announcement on International Women's Day for an all women's broadcast. So I want to make sure she gets her credit uh, as well, too. So I had been um, contacted by John Wiggins of the uh, Raptors front office brass. And he came to me with this idea of wanting to do this broadcast. And 
I made it very clear from the jump that, you know, proper channels had to be, had to be done. And I would need permission to even be considered for this opportunity for monumental sports. So that's what, you know, got the wheels in motion, but, um, you know, conversations continued. And then when I got the word officially from Rebecca Ross and Michael Gelfand, um, who are on the production side with MLSE, letting, you know, me know that I would, I was chosen for the play by play. Um, TSN wanted to go ahead with it. And so did the Raptors. I mean, I, to say I wasn't excited would I'd be lying. You know, like ten out of ten <laughs> right. times I'd be lying. Um, so I was I was very excited. I was honored for the opportunity. Uh, I'm grateful for the opportunity because they could have gone with you know someone else. They could have gone with someone in house if they had anyone. Could they? Could they really though? <laughs> Come on now. Hey, I mean, but but at the same time, I'm I'm glad that they went with me and I'm honored that they went with yeah. me because it 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 tells me that the work and the grind, um, you know, to Kirk's point of him mentioning mm-hmm. it, that I've put in over the years, Jax, you and I have had many store, many conversations um, and, and frustrations that I've had of, you know, I, I just want a shot. Mm-hmm. Now I've got my shot. I had a shot in 2018 in the preseason with monumental sports, with the, the wizards and the pistons. And now I've got another one. Um, and, you know, I'm grateful for it. And, Everybody just needs one shot, no matter what it is, you know, what career path you're on. You just need that one person to take one shot on you. And at this point, like the Mystics did heading into the playoffs, I control my own destiny now and I can make or break, you know, this this event and this moment for myself um, by not being prepared. So uh, having to be in quarantine for 14 days has allowed me a lot of time to be prepared for this. The international uh, transference is real. There's no two ways about that. Uh, real quick, before Kirk jumps back in here, uh, how blessed are you for the era that you're in? Um, this is a, a first in NBA history. We're talking about almost 75 years of this game being played. Women have loved this game this entire time. We have not had platforms where you can do exactly what you've done for the last few years, which is be a part of this league, but in this incremental fashion. And, and, and it's not to say that you need to. So many people have these positions that should have gone through the incremental process, by the way, as we well know. But you, you've been in the W, you've been in the G, and now your feet will be firmly planted exactly where you dreamt of being in the first place. To say like blessed would be, I don't know if that's the right word, um, but it's the only word I've got right now. And it's, it's, you know, the way I think of it and look at it, it's not about, it's not about me. I'm doing something that I was afforded because of the women who came before me, mm-hmm. whether they were play by play sideline or analysts, you know, Doris Burke, Jax, as you know, is mm-hmm huge has been huge in my development um, as a broadcaster and my dream to be a broadcaster. I made it very clear in my college days. Um, and I know I've told you this too. I wanted to be the Canadian Doris Burke. Mm. I wanted to be known of that level, not the recognition, not the um, historical aspect of it, Mm -hmm. but just the respect that comes with the knowledge and the talent that one has. And she's, you know, best of the best in the league when it comes to breaking down the game. And I want to be that on the play-by-play side. And um, because of women like her, Robin Roberts in a way, Hannah Storm, they have allowed me to be where I am today. 
and I have to pay that forward because they paid it forward to me. So as you know, great as it is to be among those trailblazers, it's about the next generation and my impact on the next generation. I was put in this position during this lifetime I was put here for a specific reason. That reason is to make sure that I do something that can make it easier on the next generation of young girls, black, white, Asian, Jewish, Hawaiian. I don't care what your race or creed is. My impact is to help them have an easier journey than what I had and what those before me had. So um, it's, it's a blessing to be able to do that and to be afforded the opportunity to do that. So I'm thankful for it. Yeah, it's kind of like my next question. I mean, you've done, well, first of all, you've played the game. You've done studio, you've done sideline, you've done reporting. Uh, now as, as a play-by-play. And so I always ask, as you are still, I mean, ascending, what will be the one piece of advice that you would give someone who's now looking up to you? Because as much as you talked about Doris and, and Robin Roberts and those who have come before you, there is going to be that next wave of people who are now looking at you saying, you know what? She looks very, very young. How could I want I want to be just like her? What advice would you give to them? Go after it. Like, Go after it. Don't um, don't listen to the people and the naysayers. Listen to them, but listen to them in the way of using it as fuel, not to prove them wrong, but to prove you and your supporters right. That's that's kind of the mindset I have is I don't want to prove people wrong because I'd be, you know, exhausted for days trying to do that. Right. I want to prove the people who have been in my corner and in my circle and supported me from day one. And I want to prove myself right, that I was in the right position. I was putting in the work. I was supposed to be here and supposed to be doing this. So I always go with the mindset of that. And also just, you can't do it if you don't go after it. So why sit back and question if you should do it or question if, if you're the one to do it, just go after it. If you see something, go after it. It's say, you know, think of it in a game, see a loose ball, go after it. You see an open lane, go after it, take the shot. If you're open, take the shot because your coach is, your coach is going to be more mad if you don't take an open shot than if you take that open shot and miss it. So take the open shot. If you've got the door, open it, kick it down, but make sure you leave it open for the next generation. I know I got one last question for you, Megan. You mentioned uh, that that Mystic, I mean, uh, that Washington Mystics, the victory and the, the season. Just kind of describe for people who, because I've sort of been in there, but it's more on a college scene where you go through the whole entire season. But and you watch the everyday, the wins, the losses, but to finally say that you called that last game and the emotions that go through you just as a broadcaster, but to watch the players as well, kind of describe that moment. Surreal, really, because, you know, fans and and those who are not in it on a day to day basis with the team, they only see what people want them to see. They don't see, you know, the tireless hours that these women and and men are putting in the work in the gym. Um, They don't see them after a game, if they have a bad shooting night, come back after, you know, media availability when fans are gone to put shots up. People don't see that, but on a day-to-day basis, you know, myself and my, my partner, Christy Winter Scott were afforded that opportunity. We saw the grind that they went through, especially in 2018, coming off of getting swept by the Seattle storm to then turn around and come back to the championship opportunity and, and to finish what they did. Um, 
was a surreal moment to be able to watch that happen. And then, you know, what they did in the bubble as well, too, when everything was against them, losing players to injuries, people opting out, um, and to see them still be successful and as successful as they was, they were, excuse me, was uh, a fantastic honor to have. So I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, uh, the, this season comes up because they're getting, they're getting some people back and I'm excited about it. In the meantime, we're excited for you. Megan McPeak will lead the all-female broadcast for TSN Raptors uh, Nuggets. That's correct. Coming up on March 24th. Uh, We'll be locked in. If we got a pirate in across the lines, we will. (laughs) It's always easy to grab it from from south to north. But we will find it. We will be locked in. We're so excited for you, Megan. Thank you for the time. And uh, call the hell out of that game. Thank you both for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Megan with us here on Forward Progress. We continue uh, with the pigskin, the great Rod Woodson uh, expanding hope through football. He'll explain when we come back here on Forward Progress. We now return to Forward Progress. Here's Jason Jackson and Kirk Morrison. Kirk, there are options one has when they're among the greatest to uh, decide how their encore career is going to go, how they're going to impact uh, the road in front and behind. Rod Woodson has decided to do it in a way that is <laughs> just absolutely fantastic. You, you get to decide after 17 years in the National Football League, 11 Pro Bowls, uh, the jacket, uh, the championships, uh, and we say hello to Rod Woodson now and, and ask the question about the idea behind Hope through football, Hope standing for helping our youth practice excellence, and why you pick this particular space to impact, why you believe that that grassroots is the right place to start? Um, first, thanks for having me on, fellas. Absolutely. Uh, what's Pleasure. up, Kirk? Um, right. You know, I, I had a nonprofit and I ran football camps when I played. Most players do kind of give back to their communities with that at times, somewhere throughout their careers. And I did it for 14 years back in my hometown of Foley, Indiana. And, you know, I got to be very privileged to be in TV for quite a long time uh, when I left that and started coaching with the Raiders. And then once Gruden came in, fired everybody, still do radio with Westwood One, uh, which I love doing because it keeps me involved in the game because I love I love ball but I was like you know where do I go to help give back to a sport that's given me everything that I have this house that I live in you know everything my kids have everything my my kids know is based on me being around football in some capacity throughout my whole life and I was like you know what to go to the grassroots level and five years ago I went to Monterey Mexico to do a 50th celebration for their youth football and I was thinking in my head okay Mexico is going to be probably seven to ten teams not really knowing this ignorance of my part of what youth football is across the world they had 75 teams I was like what the heck is going on here they're like yeah we've been playing football for over 75 years down here in Mexico American football and that's when I opened my eyes like you know I, I and that was five years ago so when I did other camps sporadically through, you know, internationally here and here in the U.S. And I was like, how can I really change the dynamics of doing what's right, teaching them the right way to do everything? Because we, the kids, they do have camps to go to, but I want to, and I'm not saying I'm the only camp to do that, but teaching the kids the right way to do everything. So everybody, all our coaches are ex-players or ex-coaches. And we bring a speed clinic with us. We bring a weight nutritionist with us. We bring a recruiter with us. But the really key that we do is that we bring a health, a health um, clinician with us and they talk about mental health for the kids. 
And we bring one more along, another piece along that we talk to the kids about concussions. And we, we really are talking to the kids and the parents because there's so much disinformation in what football is and isn't, right. especially when it comes to concussion, because we had the lawsuit. I mean, it's the, we're the only sport to sue our, you know, our providers in that sense right. to, to, to have things to, for the dis, disinformation that we were, weren't given as players in the national football league. And that impacted the youth side of it across the U S the, the numbers start going down with registration on youth football, youth contact football. Now flag football has kind of flourished. And I, I think flag football has a place in football because I think that gives a great foundation of what kids can learn. But for me to, to, you know, to start hope, I want to do something to give back to our kids. And at the end, I told you the things that we bring to the table. We're really trying to change a mindset because this is all exclusive. If girls want to come out and play ball, come on out. We, we, we just we're teaching the kids to believe and their hashtag for the kids is I can, I will. Mm. So if they don't believe in the person they see in the mirror, they'll never accomplish anything. Not in school, not as being a son, as being a friend, as being a brother. You have to believe in the person you see in the mirror. And we hashtag as coaches and mentors is share the knowledge. So that's what we always wear. We share the knowledge. So we share back to what everything was given to us. And we're just trying to pour that back into them. And obviously all these players aren't going to be playing college ball, and they will all be playing pro ball. But what it does, though, it gives them a place to belong. And if they find a place to belong and find a place where they fit and they kind of flourish in their little place, maybe even where they feel a little uncomfortable, that's what we're trying to plant a seed, that they're great in what they can do and who they believe in. And once we do that, and then the next person comes down and they water it, and the next person comes and waters it. And then by the time he becomes a young man and a young woman in our communities, we have better communities. You know, Rod, I, I, I kind of know the answer uh, on your part, but I, I know I, I get the question asked to me a ton. Kirk, will you allow your, your, your sons to play football? Will you allow them? And I told them, yeah, absolutely. And he said, are, are you not afraid of what you mentioned earlier, the injuries or concussions and things like that? I told him, I said, the game of football is safer now than it has ever been. That has ever been. But the one thing that I tell people all the time that I learned through football, that I learned through football was confidence in myself, the will to succeed, determination, discipline, how to be on time, where else you got to run gassers and laps. Like it's those things that I learned from football that I feel that a lot of kids are now missing these days, Rod. And I see that in what you're doing as well. How much of that kind of puts in, you put that into the heads, a lot of the kids and how that message has kind of progressed through the years and working with this, uh, working with hope. Obviously, Kurt, that is sports and not just football. Sports right. can teach you so many things if you let it. Correct. And so we, we do have breakout sessions with the kids and we talk to them about the I can, I will mentality. We do talk to them about if they do want to play ball, these are their qualifications here. This is when you got to be in Westinghouse. This is, I mean, all the different things that they have to have done in high school. But the key is, you know, my template of like living and coaching and talking to players in the football world yeah. is, is, is Tony Dungy's template. Love on them, show them that they're special, talk to them that they're special. It's not the, I'm not the old school guy where you break them down. It's the military way you break it down to build them up. 
I, I believe in loving on them. And obviously, Kurt, you just said the same thing. You know, would you let your kids? I let my kids play. Right, my boy's exactly. finishing up at Ottawa, Ottawa College right now, playing his last two years of ball. So, you know, I, I love the game itself. And if we teach it the right way, and it has to be taught at the grassroots level. And, you know, so what we do in our camp, we teach the rugby tackle, the shoulder tackle, mm. more so than the old school way. Right. Um, you know, the old school way, head across the bow, what's the head across the bow, and he puts his head down, we got head to head. Head to head. So, so we're talking rugby tackling, um, more shoulder tackling, get your head out of the way, um, put it on the backside of the, the ball carrier. So all those little things that we talk about, but the key is what you said, you can build – you know, a foundation on courage, daily courage, you know, courage, you know, what we always think about courage is we talk, you know, about courage. It's like a military style, but a daily courage is standing up for what's right to your friends. Being a good friend is being honest with your friends, you know, and holding your friends accountable, doing the right things, being a better brother. And one of our, one of our breakouts we have with the kids is that you owe you, you owe yourself the opportunity to do everything the right way for a 30 day period and see where you're at. You're going to be better 30 days down the road than you are today. And we always ask the kids to bring a better version of themselves tomorrow than we have today. And how do you do that? And it's listening, being on time, hustling, working together, working for the bigger part, not for the name on the back of your jersey, but for name on the front of your jersey. And that's what sports is about. I think sports brings that so much. And I want to give that back. Um, you know, I, I love doing it when I was in Fort Wayne. I did it for 14 straight years. I had so many. Jalen Smith came through our camp. Jesse Bates came through our camp. Mm. I mean, so, so many kids came through our camp in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. But let's do that everywhere. So we, right now we have, we're slated to do 16 camps, uh, 10 in the U.S., uh, six international. We've done 19 Zooms. We reached 33 countries in six continents. We just partnered with Ireland about a month ago. We had a, a Zoom with Ireland a month ago, had 235 participants on our last Zoom. We talked about speed and, deep, and defensive back play. And if you... You know, if you if you can run, Kurt, you know, if you can run, you can play any position. You can get a scholarship if you do want to play ball. Yeah, that's why I'm not playing now, because I couldn't run as fast. <laughs> Come on, Rod. I, I, I didn't have I'm that for two speed like Rod Woodson, man. <laughs> oh, man. We're talking to the Pro Football Hall of Famer, Rod Woodson, the founder and CEO of Hope Through Football. And I'm, I'm, I wonder if there's in these years now, particularly through the Hope umbrella, uh, of a story or two you can share with us that you that you love. It doesn't have to be like this, you know, this great after school special story of this kid, you know, connecting with this game and becoming a star, but just connecting this game and finding their purpose. Mm -hmm. So I'm gonna go back, and this is not through hope, though, but this is through um, Valley Christian High School when my kids went to school, and me, myself, and John Perella, remember the defense tackle to play with yeah. he, the Chargers and came to the Raiders later. Um, John started um, a football pro the football program there, which is now is not there anymore. But when I was coaching, there was a young gentleman. He was a young kid. He was a freshman. Um, he had glasses. Never played football in his life. And he, he went through, you know, off-season workouts and, and ball, and we start the season. And we and you can kind of see the gradual progression of him. When he first got there, he never looked me in the eye. 
Mm. He, he always said, yes, Mr. Woodson. He was always polite, but he never looked me. He never had that confidence that you, you want your guys to have. And by the time at the end of the year, he started playing special teams and he got into some of the games. Come back the following year, he cut his hair down. He took his glasses out, put contacts in. Mm. He walked up to me. I didn't even recognize him. I didn't even recognize him. He was like, hey, Coach Woodson. And I was like, Bobby, what the heck? That's you? I had to like look down like that is you. I mean, just the confidence that he got from belonging to a group of people and showing a purpose that he did on the field where he knew he didn't have the talent to play at the next level, but he knew he belonged here today. And he belonged in a group and a team environment and another family atmosphere. And it made him flourish. And he went on to college. Um, he became a great person in the community he still lives in cali but those type of things fire me up like when i see a kid kind of sulk in and then the next day he comes back and he's happy and he, he's flying around that's all we want so we're just trying to plant that seed that he has a purpose in this world and hopefully this camp can keep giving him that purpose and we're going to keep coming back each and every year uh with our group and showing them that purpose and talking to them about the purpose. And then hopefully, you know, when they're a young man and woman, they give back to their community. They pay, pay for it, be it through a camp or uh, whatever else they want to donate their time about to their time at. You know, Rod, uh, a lot of our show, me and Jax, we talk about just uh, social justice issue, issues, you know, things that men of color go through. And for you, for a guy who's been so plugged in, whether it's high school, college, whether it's the NFL, you're around a lot of these young men who have so much already on their shoulders with being uh, a football player, but with some of the things that they have to worry about off the field, whether it's how they walk, how they talk, how they dress, what they put on social media, how much of that um, do you see on the daily and challenges that young African-American kids do have? You know, the great thing is, you know, this, this has been a problem forever. <laughs> you know, I was born in the mid sixties in Indiana, to with a biracial family. My mother's German. My dad is African-American. Wasn't a good place to be. I can tell you that in Indiana in the mid, mid sixties and seventies and being biracial, it wasn't a good place. Um, we still have these same problems. The difference today though, and to then is that at least we talk about it. There is a movement, you know, we have communications and kids, they're aware the youngsters, the teenagers are aware of what's out there in the society, the good and the bad. And that's a positive. So obviously, you know, everything that Martin Luther King and Megan Ever, all those guys have done for social injustice and equality across the globe, we're still working on that. We really are. But the last movement from last year kind of gives me hope because now when we see the marches, it's not people of all color. It's not people just of color marching. It's all colors marching together for the wrongs that's been going on in this country for such a long time. That makes me see hopefully a, sign, a, a light at the end of the tunnel that the kids can see. And they know that they have a struggle. They know they have a fight in, uh, in front of them. And it's, go and it's not going to be out in front of them on a daily, but sometimes it's that hidden three-piece suit uh, right. racism that you get inside the corporation right. that you have to fight through. And, you know, that's the struggle that, you know, we have to talk to our kids about how to go about that because there will be some stigmas put on them when they walk in the door um, because they're black 
You know, we've seen that same thing, Kurt, with the concussion protocol that not concussion, but the CTE um, yeah. uh, lawsuit. Correct. You know, we, we've seen that. They kind of looked at the blacks at a lower level. So now they get lesser monies because mm-hmm. the whites, I mean, just the way they look at things, even through the medical side of it. So, you know, at least it's been brought to everyone's attention and the kids know moving forward where when I was, you know, 10 years old and went down to Gallatin, Tennessee, where my dad's from, and it still said colors and white. I mean, that blew me away because from Indiana, my brothers were white, black, Mexican. I mean, we had everybody in the Mm -hmm. swimming pool, right? Right. But there you couldn't. So I was like, okay. Then that's when my dad started talking to me about the social injustice and what his parents went through down there in the South. So at least the kids today have something that they they already know what's going on in this world. They just have to learn how to fight it on a daily basis. And that's something we, you know, we have an opportunity to talk to our kids about on the, on a, on some of those breakout sessions, when they do ask those hard questions, could we do a Q and a, and they, they give us some pretty good questions at times and they're challenging. Uh, and you try to be as forthright and, and honest with them as, as possible so they can move forward in a positive manner in their lives. Uh, speaking of positivity on this 10th day of March, when we record this situation, we extend to you a glorious happy birthday, my man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, we found out that the, you can't drive 55, brother. Yeah, you are. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. I appreciate you guys, man. Yeah, man. That's what we want to know. Because you said you go 6.5 every day on your walk. So now, do you yes, go 6.6 now, 6.7 now? As you get up there in years, do you add more or do you take away less? <laughs> no, I add it more, to be honest. I mean, because back in the day when I could run, I jogged. And I, I wasn't jogging six and a half miles. I could take that right now. But <laughs> right. Uh, now I'm just walking more. If I don't walk, I ride my bike. You know, just trying to hold off that old age, that chunkiness that comes our way when all the testosterone starts leaving the body and, the, you know, and everything kind of slows down in the body. So I'm just I'm just trying to hold that off. <laughs> hey, man, I know you still got a couple more plays in your ride, so don't even worry. Oh, listen to that. <laughs> listen to that. I can play a little Black Ops, which I'm not good at it, but I try to play it and try to stay with my boys because my okay. boys play. <laughs> I'm not good, though. Uh, and I, I never play any sports on any any gaming device because I'm absolutely awful in sports. Right. right. No. When, when, when you're that good in real life, you don't want to even mess with the game. True. That is true. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's extending a whole other level. That's a good way of looking at it. Absolutely. Right. We appreciate the time. Thank you so much. If anyone's interested in being helpful, how, how do they reach out to you uh, uh, with, with interest in finance? Well, they can go to uh, hopethroughfootball.org and there's a donate page on there. Once you get on the donate page, you can click down. It's going to say PayPal, but then you can, you can right-click the arrow, and then it gives you different options to uh, to donate. So that's one way. Uh, they can reach out to me at, uh, at rod at hopethroughfootball.org if they want to partner with us when they go to our website and they see one of the clinics coming to their city and their area. If they want to partner with us, they can uh, reach out to me through the, through the email. Awesome. Rod, we appreciate the time. Thank you so much. We also thank Megan McPeak for stopping by, talking about that international fantastic Women's Day moment coming up in Canada as well. For Pernell Brown and Kirk Morrison, I'm Jason Jackson. We'll talk to you next time on Forward Progress.